0: Hey this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: Thanks for stopping by.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 116 of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast.
1: We're doing this a little bit early. Uh, but that's because uh, you're taking a trip soon.
0: Yeah, this trip kind of materialized really quickly and sort of last minute, I guess you could say. Uh, So as you know, maybe the listeners do recall that uh, I'm obviously a graduate student and my advisor, he was at the University of Delaware for the, I don't know how many years total, but for the first uh, five years or four and a half years of my grad studies, And last January, he moved to the uh, Danforth Plant Science Center out in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, because I do a lot of computational like bioinformatics work, I can do all my work remotely. So I decided to stay in Delaware, you know, stay with Lana, stay with my, you know, with my family. And many of the other bioinformaticians decided to do the same thing. But it's always nice to just spend time. In lab, you know, in like to physically see my advisor and the, the other people in my lab from, di- from time to time. So I talked about this with my advisor, uh, before he moved that while unfortunately I won't be going, I would like to go out and visit at some point and spend some time there working with him physically, you know, when, when, if it's in terms of writing as well as some of the other people in the lab. So this just so happened to be the time that we worked out because there is, a uh, a meeting that uh, on it's called the maize meeting the maize genetics meeting and all sorts of scientists from across the world that study maize or corn get together and this just, just so happens coincidentally be, to be taking place in St. Louis as well and while I didn't register for it I will be able to like kind of go to the hotel where it is and just pop in say hello to people meet some people you know show my face
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for the rest of the week i'll be in the lab working now on top of that another kind of coincidence that kind of came about or maybe it's it's less of a coincidence for the because the maze meeting's happening but one of our close collaborators from stanford she's going to be at the danforth center uh over the next week so while i'm there she'll be there so i'll get to talk with her about our project and then the kind of the icing on the cake was that our our good friend Yaron, he moved to St Louis maybe three weeks ago now, and so uh it made it a lot easier for my advisor to to justify the payment for you know for me to come out there because I have a place to stay, so that makes um, things a lot easier for yeah sure. a whole lot easier so I'll be crashing with Iran and I've already got my flight booked the car rental and uh yeah. So I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that it will be, it'll just be really nice to, to act like, cause, all right. So I I, I kind of have to give you a description of how the, the lab worked in the past at UD or oh, the University of Delaware. So my office is, so like there's, it's it, just imagine the, the, the building's like a large square basically. Right. And. I am, my, my, my desk, my office is pretty much like smack dab in the middle of the square on the second floor. All right. Okay. We have the wet lab or where the bio, biologists conduct like actual lab experiments, which mm-hmm. is, um, just, just say shifted to the right of the center. So, you know, I'm in my own, I'm in this like kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not a large office space, but I'm in some office space where they have some cubicles and everyone in our lab would have a computer, so if they weren't in the lab, if the biologists weren't in the lab, they were at their desk at the computers. Now, my, my bosses, my advisors, his office was in the very corner of this square, of this building, and so it made it so that I he, he would never really have to come by to see us, or like I wouldn't have to necessarily see him. like. Neither of our offices, our office spaces, were anywhere, in, Were I don't want to say anywhere near each other, but you didn't have to walk by each other if you didn't need to. Got and you. on top of that, the building that I work in is this interdisciplinary science building, and he was the department chair of the uh, plant and civil science department, which he had an office in another building on a completely different part of campus. So he split his time between these two offices so that you know it it made it it made it a little more difficult to 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 determine whether or not he was in his office you know sometimes he's teaching sometimes he's in his other in his other office sometimes he's uh you know busy working on whatever so it made it that unless we were having a meeting or unless i got lucky i was unlikely to see him in a given day if i didn't like if i didn't need to go over and say like hey you know it's just to check to see if he's in now I have been to this building once. I went there briefly for about an hour a year ago for um a, uh, a, a work-related retreat, and I had a little bit of time to kill, so I stopped at the building, got a quick tour of it. And his office is, like, attached to the lab, and the lab is attached to the office spaces. So it's all super connected. As soon as I walk in in the morning... I would, I would see him. Like his office is just at the end of the hall, like, you know, the little walkway. I don't, I don't really want to call it a hall. His office is right there. And if you just hang a left before you get there, that's the lab. And then in the corners are the, are the office spaces. So it'll, okay. it'll just, just a lot more, uh, closer. It's a lot closer together. It's a lot more personable, so to speak. And, he also doesn't have like teaching duties and stuff, so his his work life is pretty much all research at this point.
1: It's also a good thing because it gives you a ch- uh, more accessibility.
0: A hundred percent, yes. Yeah. I have a few projects that I'm working on. And as you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap up and graduate as soon as I can. So, how's I mean, that coming? It, it's 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 really hard to say because this is like, like. Uh, I want to say, I want to say it's coming along well, right? I don't know for certain whether I'm, I'm on schedule for a May graduation or if I'm on schedule for an August graduation, but, or like a, not necessarily graduation, but a defense day. It's really hazy. Like it's, it's, it's not like a, oh, you hit the finish line, you graduate and you never come back again. There are lots of people who graduate, who like walk, they get their diploma, so to sort of, and, then they finish up some experiments and then defend their PhD. Some of them defend their PhD, walk, and then still finish up experiments for like a month or so. So there's, it, it, it's, it's tough to say exactly where I'm gonna fit on this, on this uh, timeline. And I'm not really, pl- I'm not really thinking about that at this moment because I'm really just trying to focus all my time on work right now. Although I do have to start applying for jobs and, and postdocs and such. So I have been thinking about that a little bit. But at this point – Well, here's point, my
1: question. Here's my question. If you if there's no sort of set date uh, for when you defend and all that stuff, then how are you able to find a job if the timeline is unclear?
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um it, as, as unclear as the timeline may be, I think that the way it works for a lot of people is that you just kind of, like, you, you have to get your whole committee on board. So right now, at least my advisor's on board. My committee is aware of my intentions, but I haven't presented, I haven't had a meeting with them. So let me, let me take a step back and explain what the committee is. So you have your primary advisor, right? He's the person who, whose work, like, you, you get your projects typically from him or her from your advisor. You'll kind of clear things with your advisor. You'll talk with them about the progress of your work. However, you also have a committee, a PhD committee. So this committee is composed of about uh, four to five, sometimes six people, including your advisor. And these people are other professors or researchers, really doesn't have to be professor per se, but other, other professionals in your field or somewhat related fields who are are all experts in uh, some aspect of your work, so because i 'm doing this interdisciplinary science i 'm doing kind of a cross of computer science and biology i have peop- I have two people who are specialists in plant biology, and then I have two people who are uh, more computer scientists, and then I have another person who is more of a specialist uh, in in just uh, general biology and and so you ha- all all five of these people for me. I'll present the work that I've done. I'll show them the progress that I've made, my, you know, my hypotheses, the papers that I've published, and I'll create this kind of presentation for them. They'll grill me on, they'll, they'll ask me a bunch of questions. They'll grill me, and at the end of it, they'll decide whether I've done enough to graduate or not. Now, throughout your PhD progress, you actually meet with them from time to time. There's no set, uh, time points at which you'll meet with them. You kind of schedule these on your own, at least in my department. Other people's departments are different. And, and so I will, I'll inform them and they will basically tell me, oh yeah, you seem like you're on schedule or other people might say, yeah, you know what? I think that you need to conduct this experiment or that experiment. So, you know, that could, that could slow you down a bit. It might not depends on how long that would take you, but that's kind of how you decide now. Um, because of it, like there's, cause it's not like a normal class schedule. It's not like you're just Reporting for class, take a final and then you're done there's this thesis that's there, so I can apply for jobs and basically what I do is i I tell the potential employers this is what my anticipated timeline is uh i it, it basically they're gonna they would they would give me some type of offer under the impression that I would be finishing by this timeline by the specific date that I say if I don't i i I'm not really sure what what would happen. I guess you'd have to do some type of negotiation whether they want to leave that offer on the table or whether they, they want to rescind it and give it to somebody else because you you're not gonna be reporting when they thought you would be right so it's it's a a lot of it's up in the air and and I guess that's kind of what makes it so stressful is because there's so much to do and yeah. to, and to hit these deadlines, it's really hard to do that juggling act of okay uh. Come to work, work on project A or work on project B or work on project C. Or in my case, D and E also in there. And then there's also the, the aspect of, okay, well, do you reach out to people today? Do you try to introduce yourself and see whether you can find a potential job or a postdoc? Postdoc is kind of a, it's a, it's a research experience after you graduate. So you, are, you're, you are a PhD. Uh, You're a doctor, you have your PhD, but in a postdoc, you tend to get a bit more specialized and you're the one who's really conducting the work. So you're still working underneath somebody. So there's two types of postdocs. You can do them in industry, like a pharmaceutical company or whatever. Those tend to pay better, but you can also do it in academia. So you can still work at a university under a professor. Is there a
1: preferred one over the other?
0: It depends on what you want to do. Uh, For... For some people, if you want to be a professor, if you want to teach, you're almost always have to do one in academia because what you'll end up doing is in a postdoc, you are much more independent of, like as a grad student, I typically have to go to my advisor. I clear things with him. I get his opinion on stuff. There are plenty of things that I can do on my own, but as a postdoc, you're, there's a certain expectation that you are able and capable of answering a lot of your a lot of questions that would exist you know by yourself you're still working under the guidance of somebody else and you still do have to do have some level of clearance but at the end of the day you're just a lot more independent okay uh, and and again the everything everything varies from like i'm just like any position would vary from from company to company every every postdoc is going to differ from lab to lab some people I've heard they, when they, when they, they had postdocs, it was almost like they were operating their own mini lab within a lab. So they handled certain finances because you can apply for grants. They handled certain finances. They were able to, um, I don't know if they necessarily hired undergrads, but they were basically able to take undergraduates as well as the PhD students who are already in their lab under their wing and kind of delegate various tasks to them to get projects done. So, it depends on the experience there. So, if you want to be if you want to be a professor, definitely recommended that you do a a postdoc in what academia. About,
1: what about the situation that you're looking to get into?
0: So, for me, what I and, and it still depends for me because I, I haven't necessarily decided this is the specific field that I want to go into. I do want to go into industry. Doing a postdoc kind of gives you. An, sort of like an extra year or two depends on how long that you, you do it a bit of a bit of extra experience and it, it again it's because it's it's, you, it's it's much more independent uh of uh, than you're you're much more independent than you were doing a phd and at the same time you're more independent than you than you would be if you were to take a full-time position in industry mm-hmm. so so in some in some fields a postdoc is is um it looks it looks good. It looks better than just one or two years of work experience. That's not to say it's for sure. It's guaranteed anywhere. So basically, my plan because I, I I I'm I'm going to be p- applying to both. I'll be applying to postdocs as well as uh, career positions in industry. Um, we'll see we'll see how it goes. Right now, I'm I've been focusing on the postdoc part though. I haven't really been looking to too much into the jobs. Mm -hmm. into the job market part of the reason for that is just because for postdocs you you need somebody to still sponsor you and so you need to build these connections with with them um so that's that's the plan for that
1: are there targeted times throughout the year when it's better to say apply or is it sort of like an awe whenever is fine
0: so i I don't have an exact answer for that but i've been told that You know, early uh, January, February is the time to start reaching out if you want to be doing. If you want to start your postdoc in September, so uh, I thought that I would be able to graduate in May. I'm not sure if that's realistic any at this point. That's I'm still shooting for it, but I just don't think that it's necessarily realistic. So
1: what makes you say that?
0: I have uh, I have a major project that I'm working on, and. I haven't finished the project, let alone started writing the actual paper that will go with that project. And paper writing is a very tedious proce- process. You will you you will slave over every single sentence that you write and you'll submit it once you've finally gone through multiple drafts, um, you know, yourself as well as with my advisor. And at this point, like w- once you've finished all this, you have like you have taken every single word and you've confirmed that this word is important and it belongs where it is and nothing should change that, right? And then you'll get back, um, when you submit it, it gets reviewed by about three or four, uh, specialists in this, in your field who are experts in what you're talking about and they will, critique your paper they'll say oh they're they're not necessarily looking for a grammar or style or anything like that although if your grammar is like really atrocious they can definitely point it out what they're looking to see is whether you conducted experiments the same way that they would conduct them that you follow a logical path as you're telling your story in the paper and while I would think and most people think when they finally submit a paper for publication that they've done everything that they should have done and the way it should have been done it, especially if it's like a game, it's a bigger and more important paper or it's in a higher impact journal it's published in kind of like the cream of the crop uh journals okay. they those tend to be judged a lot more critically and they will require a lot more um res, like resubmissions so interesting. the process is just it can it can be long it doesn't necessarily have to be it's not guaranteed that it would be but i would i, I in my mind i'm I'm planning more for the worst when it comes to that because that's typically how it would go you submit it once they send it back say hey um you you they tend to not just accept it without any revisions they might say yeah we want to accept it but we have some concerns can you address these either re- redo some experiments give some new statistical analyses or if you feel that you're if you feel strongly about what you've done and you disagree with that reviewer you can write back to that person and say I, I, I appreciate their comments, however, I disagree with their method because of X, Y, Z.
1: Is that a common uh, sort of uh, event to write back and say, hey, really appreciate you looking over this, however, I disagree with the feedback due to X, Y, Z?
0: It's possible. One of, the, one of the main reasons why that might happen is that somebody suggests conducting an experiment that might take way too long, that might cost too much money, and... Like many other students who might be in my position, you don't have that time, you know, like if if it, it's less likely to come up in my field or in my like in bioinformatics. But for somebody else in biology, there someone might hit them with a question like, yeah, I, I, I thought the work was nice, but they really should have had like another mutant, another another plant to compare against. Well, to create that could be months, maybe even over a year of work. And if you're, on um, if this is like the last thing that you need to do to graduate, like you don't, you're not planning on staying in, 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 in school for, you know, another several months or year, then yeah, you might write back and say, I really agree. With, I, I definitely agree that, uh, with this person's concerns and you're obviously not going to say, Oh, but I'm under a tight deadline. So right. t- tough luck. You got to take it as it is. You just have to like navigate that in a politically, uh, or a scientifically sound way to say, I agree that like yeah I, I think that their concerns are valid, however, either the 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 cost of such an experiment or the results that were produced did produce like you know it something of significance, or more, more like what more often than not would happen is you try to create some type of compromise while you might not go completely out of your way to follow everything that they say you Will do something like another, like a, like if it's a statistical test, for example, you might give a different statistical test to kind of fit or, or try to appease this person in like the nicest way possible. The sure. last thing you want to do is piss this, to piss these people off because as unbiased as they're, as they're supposed to be, as, um, as, like scientifically motivated as they're supposed to be these are all people with feelings and if right. you write back and you're giving these super just like brash blunt like almost rude off-putting comments the person's going to reply to you and and also as a as a as a as the author of a paper you are in more of a submissive position you're more often than not going to want to um to do everything that they ask because their first time through, they're going to ask for a few things. And if they're not too complicated, you should do all of them because that is the lead that, you know, you don't, you don't want to cause any problems, any issues. So if you do everything that they ask it, their next read through, they might say, they might see something that they, that they missed the first time or they might just say, you know what? Great job. They they addressed everything that I said. Fantastic work. If you reply back and and, and are like, uh, yeah, I think this person's an idiot, because that test is literally meaningless for this type of data if they read this reference this reference and that reference they would know that so i'm not going to do that you know they're they're going to reply back uh with as much anger or heated like you know it'll it'll be a heated argument back and forth and they're likely to read your paper and just start scrutinizing everything that you wrote yeah and and that's you don't want to find yourself in that so a lot of times you just try to find yourself you try to find the middle ground
1: yeah you don't want to bring undue attention on yourself or your paper
0: a hundred percent yeah absolutely
1: okay um so have you sort of gone to so i know you sort of brought this up earlier but have you gone to your uh sort of uh, uh oh the
0: God. committee is that yeah what
1: you're... thank you sorry
0: so, uh, no. So the last time I met with my committee actually was about a year ago, right now. So I've, I need to, I need to finish this. I, I've been putting it off for too long. I, I literally created a set of slides probably back in mid November. And I, and the intent of the slides were to update the, my committee on the prod the status of my projects and also like find a time that we can meet. And so at this point, I just need to stop putting it off. The, well, I don't want to say I'm putting it off because I'm, I'm sli- like I'm intentionally delaying it. I'm just focusing on, on like making progress on these projects. But at this point I just need to set the wheels in motion on that and mm-hmm. present what I have to them. That way the, the wheels can be set in motion for the finals phase with that way. They can all be on the same page. Like, Oh, you know what? Res is planning on graduating this summer, right? Yeah. That way they can say, okay, well, um, you know first of all i can get their feedback and they can say okay well i think you need to do this or that because at this point i'm not sure that what you have written is worth a phd right that'd be great to know now than to know than to learn in may right oh sure um but at the same time it's also just good that they have it in their heads that hey reza is planning on graduating in you know june july whenever it is and I I'm I just want to be aware of that. I don't want it to just sneak up on me and be like, oh hey, Rez is play, apparently playing on defending, and they haven't heard anything from me in a year. So I need I just need to sh- I just need to send that out because I do have a set of slides that are made. I had to do some modifications to them, which is why I hadn't sent them out yet. But um, I can totally do that. Hopefully, I, maybe I can maybe I can get that done. If I can't do it this week, I can definitely do it while I'm out in St. Louis.
1: Well, it sounds like you've got most of the stuff on sort of under control. The the things that you don't necessarily directly have control, you're getting to a point where you can meet with them and then discuss next steps and figure out uh, when to get everyone on the same page. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, I do wish that I was able to set... like I I wish that I had the slides back when I first created them, kind of in that in that state that I felt comfortable with but because of the, like the projects that i've been working on and commitments that i had made i just kind of keep put setting it aside because it's not something that had ever had a hard deadline but right. at the set, same time whatever soft deadline i should have had has long since passed like really? it's march it's well like i don't want to say soft like i want i should i should have sent it out before the new year that's when i started working on it it's march now well tomorrow it's march march 1st yeah, so march first. i've been sitting on these slides for a while so,
1: all right, okay. So that makes sense. That's that's sort of the work that you were referencing earlier that you had to do.
0: Yeah, and, and it's just—I it, guess it's just kind of like with with this research because I'm working on so many different projects. There are some things that I'm working on for people or with people in my own group, and there are other people. There are other projects that I'm working on that are in collaboration with people outside. And then there are a couple of projects, or one, my main project, that is a, it's weird, it's kind of a weird project. There's, there's three, there are, I guess, three phases to it, sort of, of, maybe three papers that are going to be coming out of it. One of them is with, um, one of them is my major component. It's what I will be making part of my PhD thesis, and it'll be a paper of my own. There's another component that is with a uh with someone else in my lab a postdoc in my lab and then there's a final component that's actually what for for my interest actually is what connected me to this project in the first place that's with a collaborator outside of the university or outside of my group and the issue is juggling all these projects and making progress on each of them so that nobody feels like I'm being I'm I'm delaying them and their work Like I have another project that I'm working on and my advisor shot me an email today. Like, Hey, they were just asking about it. And honestly, like this project, I, like I have been working on sort of like from time to time, but that one I have, it it has been sitting kind of on my desk for a while. I'm totally aware of it. I don't, I totally want to make progress on it but I've been making progress on other stuff and I just haven't been able to come back to it. So as soon as he hit me up and was like, Hey, they were asking about like, you know, do you have any results? It'd be nice if you had something to show them, you know, in a week or so. Well, He didn't say that, but let's, you know, <laughs> whatever. He was like, <laughs> he was basically like, it'd be nice. He's like, uh, you know, if, if you've made progress on it, like if there's something that you have to show them, I can actually tell you what he said because I have my email open. He, um, uh, So, if you're getting close to being done on that work, maybe you could try and wrap it up basically and okay
1: okay
0: it's like you know i he he he's aware of the multiple projects that I'm working on, so what he's basically saying is you know at where did you where did you leave off on it? how much more work is left and again, they're obviously asking about it so what what do you think you can give to them that could kind of um that can kind of satisfy them. So that way I'm not hundred percent finishing everything, but what I'm doing is I'm giving them kind of a data dump so that they can analyze the data themselves and they can mm-hmm. move on with their experiments. And then I can go back to working on my other stuff, but still come back to this later on and fi- and, you know, really finish it up. So it's always a bit of, j- it's, it's always a bit of juggling. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird to be, uh, in the in the phases of each of these projects i'm really far along in most of these projects and and it's just kind of been this constant juggling of everything you know you make a little progress on project a then you then you you, you stop you do a hard stop on a you do a bit of stuff on project b but at the same time you do a little bit of stuff in c and then all of a sudden it's like oh we're introducing d and because you're the only person who can really do d and then midway through that, all of a sudden, somebody's hitting you up about Project A, like, hey, we were wondering if you had anything on that. So then you got to, you know, come back to that. So it's just I, I'm sure it's like that for for most people and in, in most in most fields. But um I guess I guess I think it's I think the big thing is the various collaborators that we have, and especially since they're all unaware of one another, or at least not like they're. Aware of their existence, but they're not. They don't know the various collaborations that I have and the different projects that I'm working on in, in addition to their own.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's either so you were shooting for May still. Yeah, totally May, still shooting for May. What is your confidence level for May? You said it wasn't likely, but what does that mean on a scale of like one to ten? Like, how likely is it happening?
0: I don't know if I can give that a likely if I I'll, I'll know I'll have a much much better idea by the end of March and the main reason for that is because there's a, an application form that I have to submit to the grad office in April, the middle of April, to let them know if I'm graduating, if I'm planning to walk in the May um ceremonies. Now, apparently I can still walk in the May ceremonies even if I don't defend before May. But I I I'm I don't know, like I'm not sure how I feel about about I'm not sure how I feel about it overall like it's totally it's totally reasonable do, reasonable to do, right I guess the big thing is that I don't know if I really want to celebrate <laughs> I don't know if I want to celebrate being done if I'm not truly done if i'm if I still have to like come back and grind for like another month or so after that to finally defend. But the thing is, that's the big ceremony. That's like, that, that is the ceremony that everybody wants to go to. So people, pe- some people graduate, they finish in winter, in like December, and then they come back in May for the real, the real graduation. Even though there is a winter graduation, the winter graduation is so much smaller. It's not to the same scale. So, um, I haven't fully decided what I want to do about that yet. On top of that, my advisor, like when you, when you finish a PhD, they do like a hooding ceremony and that's my, yeah. And because my advisor is not local anymore, he has, he has, you know, various obligations for his center. And it just so happens that the retreat, the event that I went to last year when I visited briefly is that same, that very same weekend, the graduation weekend. So if I graduate and there's one other person in my lab, who's thinking about graduating during that time, if either of us graduate, he has to make a really tough decision to determine, to say, you know, either he will attend that retreat or he will fly to Delaware and participate in the hooding ceremony.
1: Gotcha. So, um, wow, that is quite the dilemma to find oneself in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. Really? Um, uh, I'm, Definitely trying to keep things in perspective, but like the, the the important thing is like if I got to start looking for jobs now, or I I do need to start looking for jobs now, so I need to start making those connections, and so I have been working a bit on that. But at the same time, the most important thing for me right now is really just finishing those projects. Like mm-hmm. what use what use is getting a job offer if I don't finish when I say I'm going to finish by?
1: Sure, that totally makes sense.
0: Yeah, so.
1: Are we are we cutting back on uh, on B flag?
0: <laughs> it depends. Like you know, from, like there there will be still be stretches where where uh, where where gaming will be a uh, is possible. But like tonight, for example, if, after we finish this, I'm just going to get back to work. Sure, I mean, I took off. You're I, on I, a roll I, today, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and I think I, I've been. Pretty consistently on the last couple of weeks, but we haven't been on like crazy late either. It's like a couple of games and then sign off and go to bed, yeah, but a month ago, I hadn't really signed on at all for a while, so
1: so yeah yeah no it's all all in good uh all in good balance really yeah, yeah, I mean plus Basically. tonight, I know people are gonna be listening to us a few days later, but Trump is speaking for the first time, so I think. That'll capture most of our attention. Yeah, without sort of getting on, which is fun, um, gives me a chance to go to bed early, um, and then wake up and, and run. Uh, I know you're, but you've been focusing mostly on sort of graduating, which is uh, obviously important. Now I can't say that I've been gr- focusing on something of equal importance, but I've definitely uh, been a little bit busy with just all of these. Uh, Sort of races that I keep signing up for, so I signed up for three more races yesterday. Um, a couple of four milers, I think a five miler in there. The idea, so there's this organization called the New York Roadrunners, and they're sort of the de facto running organization in New York, and they're the they're the organization that hosts all the races. Um, when you think about the New York, uh, mar- like the New York City Marathon, it's run through them. Um, and so this year, with a lot of, uh, sort of prodding along from friends, I decided to join and I've already run two races. Uh, yep. and I've got another one this weekend on Sunday. It's all the way up on like 176th Street on the west side. So I'm gonna be li- I'm gonna be taking a local train at six in the morning on Sunday and just bumbling up.
0: I'm surprised you're not just gonna Uber up. Oh jeez.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> is that just too is it too expensive? I think expensive it would be too for expensive. For that? But
1: that could be a forty dollar Uber ride.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. I mean I I know you're I know you're all the way on the south. The, the...
1: I'm at the tip of the island really. Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. I think it'll depend. If I'm if I'm quote unquote in a rush then it'll be fun to say, "Hey, 176th Street, please take the West Side." And I'm already on the West Side of the Highway. They go, yeah. "All right." At 6 a.m. on a Sunday, there should be very little traffic. The man can probably zoom up in 30 minutes. 30 right. Minutes. Um. Did I so that kind of uh, before I tell you the story that reminds me of another one? There was once a trip I was supposed to take to Baltimore with friends to go to the aquarium. Did I ever tell you the story?
0: I remember that. I remember when you went.
1: Like, like this is like four or five years ago. Yeah. And we decided, well, me and a couple of friends. You know what? Let's take the I want to say six thirty a.m. Mega bus from New York City. Gets us into Baltimore around ten thirty. We have all day. We'll go to the to uh, go to the aquarium, and then we come back later that evening. Well, we were. Sort of, we had dinner together. We made dinner, and then we baked uh, some desserts together the night before. And then next thing you know, it's two in the morning, (laughs) and we're talking about like the origins of the universe and what does like human consciousness mean. Ah, Jesus! And then this one of my friends, he goes, "Ah, screw it, I'm sleeping here. There's no way I'm going back to my apartment. I'm just going to be a bum." I'm sleeping here and I'm getting on that bus. And I go, I should probably do the same thing because she lived in Brooklyn and waiting for the L train at DeVoe, or rather Metropolitan, at 2 in the morning. These trains come every 30 or 45 minutes.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: So you better hope to the good Lord that it's there. Well, I decided my infinite wisdom, 2 a.m., yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm not going to take a cab. I'm not going to call an Uber. I'm just going to wait for the train. I waited like 25 minutes for the train. I didn't get home until 3 in the morning. And I passed out. Now, mind you, the bus is supposed to come at 6.30. So, I go to bed. And I wake up because my phone is just ringing off the hook. Of course. My friends are in line. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know where I am. But this is. This a- reminds
0: me of this story <laughs> that you told me when you were in uh in Europe studying abroad
1: yeah oh my same,
0: uh, sorry sorry I keep going
1: no. so I I I would look at my phone dozens of texts panic texts because <laughs> I told them before I went to bed hey it would be really great if you uh pick me up one of these like awesome bagels because they lived right above a bagel shop yeah and I said hey you know it would be really awesome If you uh you picked up a bagel for me and got the scallion cream cheese, toasted everything bagel, cotton half, it was gonna be great. Reza, it's like (laughs) six (laughs) ten. It's six ten in the morning. And they go, buddy, where are you? And I go, I'll see you. I'm on the way. (laughs) I'm on the way. Reza, I ran out of the house. (laughs) <laughs> I'm putting my jeans on in the hallway <laughs> trying to, and I'm just like running thankfully I didn't have the, the hair that I do now because then I would look like an absolute like a ridiculous moron I get in a cab thankfully see there's just so many great things thankfully I'm on the west side highway thankfully I'm a block south of a major hotel so there's always cabs outside of my apartment they're like sort of like, usually a line of cabs I run into a cab Right, it's six fifteen. fifteen, six twenty. Let's call it
0: six twenty. Uh huh. It's
1: around there. Bus is so at six thirty. Will
0: you? you Will you, you like pack or you? It was just a day trip, right? It was just so a day did, trip. I didn't pack Okay, anything. so you didn't pack anything. I didn't pack anything you didn't like anything. brush your teeth or anything like that. Nah, Ooh, throw no. some water in your face. You were just out the door. I was out the
1: door. I right, customize <laughs> Oh god. Uh, and then I go, hey buddy, I gotta get to thirty fourth between eleventh and twelfth. He goes, all right, no problem. I go I got to I go I got to be there in less than 10 minutes a bus is leaving he goes game on and he started to <laughs> run red lights on the west side it's 6:20 a.m. on a saturday there weren't as many cars out there and so he floored it like i'm talking like you felt the g's when he stepped on the gas and there was not a red light that we were stopping for i get there at 6:28
0: that's some service you just can't get in Uber, man. That's you just, can't that's get that the only in an thing Uber. you can get in a yellow cab, dude.
1: That's 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 a driver in a yellow cab who's been doing this for a minute and goes, "I got you." Yeah, and I like Rod- that you can just
0: convey the urgency to him. He's like, "Oh, no problem. Yeah, no problem."
1: I go, "I gotta be there in less than ten minutes." It's not one of those, "Oh, we'll do what we can," or "I right. think I know a shortcut." It's like, "No, I know exactly how we're gonna get there." All right, I told him we're taking the west side. He goes, "I agree." He goes, if anything, I'll bop on to 11th Avenue should there be any unsuspecting traffic. I get out the car. I, the, the ride normally is around $17, right? I think yeah. it was $17, $18. That includes the tip. We right. got there, and it cost $9. <laughs> it was like 9 or $10. You just, oh, boy. Like, there was no stopping. Right. I threw him a 20. I go, keep the change. You're, you're a hero. And then I, I run into line, and my friends are just laughing at me. They're like, you idiot. You idiot. <laughs> we almost got on this bus without you.
0: Was, was, how, how much time did you have to spare, would you say?
1: No, they were already getting on the bus. When I got there, <laughs> we were like maybe 10 people away from our turn aboard the bus. And then so... There was no
0: time to spare, residents. no
1: time to spare. They tossed me the bagel, we find our seats, and I pass out. And the, you think the story ends there? Cause I
0: love how of. you pass out. Like the the adrenaline that you just had oh, pumping. Like from the moment, the instant, the instant that you woke up, you had yeah. adrenaline pumping through your veins. Check it was not. It range. wasn't blood. It was just straight adrenaline. And then you get on the bus and you just crash. Oh, adrenaline yeah. just off. You're done.
1: It's gone. Uh, I get on the bus. I can feel it leaving my body. And I didn't eat the bagel; it just sat my lap. <laughs> and you think the story ends there, and normally it would. However, okay, however, I wake up to find out we're stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic at ninety-five. And I sort of look around and goes, "Hey, how long have we been here for?" He goes, "Oh, we've been here for two hours." I go, "What?" Oof. He goes, "Yeah, I don't know." And this is when I downloaded Waze for the first time. And it turns out there was an overturned tractor-trailer blocking four lanes of I-95. Wow. And so we got there at around 1. So what should have been a four-hour ride was closer to like 7. Anyways.
0: that's, um, That's too damn long, man.
1: Anyways, long story short, well, long story made long. (laughs)
0: Uh, <laughs> I love, I love that. Like, does anybody ever say "long story short"? As, yeah. Like to make something short. No, it's long story long always.
1: Long story long, um, I'm taking uh, will will ultimately be a very similar long train ride, uh, at the at the, the crack of dawn, uh, to run this five k this weekend. What's interesting is if anyone knows about New York, is up there, uh, around the cloisters. And what's cool about that is it's gonna be all it's all hills, dude. Massive, massive hills. And what what's gonna happen is it's like rolling hills up to the cloisters, we run around the cloisters. We'll see the George Washington Bridge. This is I think around like two hundredth Street near Inwood. Right, so this is where the one train ends. This is where that train ends. Yeah. Right? And then we run back down through hills, and that's it. Now, you think to yourself, man, Sam, you've been running a couple of four miles. Uh, four miles, you run four miles in the morning. This would be no sweat. I said, well, sure. Uh, it's only a 5K, 3.2 miles, which is fine. Objectively, shorter than a four-miler. But people are saying, this is a good race to sort of push it a little bit, you know, sort of get a red line, uh, the pace a little bit. Um, so I'm going to see how long I can redline for and if I can redline the 5k that'll be a, a great progress that I've made that is this, I'm going to couch that by saying I don't want to get injured and if anything I'm going to pull back to make sure that I don't affect my training regimen by any by any means the good news is I'm looking at my new shoes right they're black these new black running shoes that I got like the gold sort of Brooks logo on it, it looks real nice um, so I'm excited about that. Now, you think that running the 5K would be all that we're doing.
0: Right.
1: Uh, it's been brought to my attention that the two bums that I run with—shout out to Pat, shout out to Greg. Uh, hashtag Greg runs. Hashtag does Greg run? Hashtag did you know Greg runs? <laughs> um, they decided. You know what? What we like to do after this race is. When we when we're done on hundred and seventy-sixth street, we're gonna we're gonna jog back. We're gonna take the wow. west side, which has a nice path along the water, places I've never run before. We're gonna jog back to fifty some street and go get brunch at the Smith.
0: Oh god.
1: Which is fine, which is fine. Um but where is that? That's like a hundred and twenty some blocks. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Now, I don't know, in mileage standpoint, how much that actually is.
0: Don't you can't even look, the can you? you? Like, I don't want that. you don't want that. I'm
1: gonna do is I'm gonna set my watch, and then I'm gonna tap in my Fitbit. No, it doesn't work. Out. I'm gonna set my watch. I'm gonna set my Strava sort of uh, app on my phone that tracks pace. Yeah. I'm just gonna do this "quote unquote" slow run that people are talking about.
0: Quote unquote, you sound so dreadful. <laughs> Dread. Yeah, right.
1: Quote unquote, slow on. No, no, we'll see how that goes. Um, what's interesting is I'm going to have to remember to tell you guys in like two weeks' time how this run went. Um, yeah. But I did sign up for a couple of more. I signed up for, so Boomer Asiacin, uh, Boomer, right? Uh, what is that? NFL Fox? Fox NFL? Yeah. Yep. Um, he does a cystic fibrosis run through oh. uh, uh, Central Park. That's a four-mile. Oh, wow. It's, uh, it's an inner loop, which is fine. And then I'm also doing another JP Morgan, like, all-for-one run. I don't know what uh, charity that's for, but it's the exact same course. Like, if I print I print out the race courses, and think it's the exact same course.
0: Same place, too?
1: Same place, same Both. start, same finish. Yeah, all in Central Park. It's within the inner loop, four miles. So that'll be good. And then I signed up for this, uh, Japan day run, uh, which I don't know what that means, but supposedly there's some <laughs> <laughs> Japan day in the city that I'm running for. Um, now the reason why, so today at work, I asked you about when your wedding was and you said September 9th. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reason why I asked was because that's Labor... uh, That's the weekend after Labor Day? After.
0: Uh, Yep. One week after. Yeah,
1: that's one week after Labor Day. And there's a really fun race in New York, uh, Labor Day... uh, uh, September 10th. Um, Ah. Yeah. Which is fun. It's called the Fifth Ave Mile. It's one mile. It counts towards your marathon. So... uh, the New York Road organization, if you want to like automatically qualify for the next year's marathon, which is like a highly coveted race, you can either do it via uh, a lottery system. Um, you can also do it by raising a ton of money. Um, get, get you know, sort of like the old school. Uh, for every dollar, for every mile I run, you give me five dollars, type of thing. You know, um, or you do this thing called a nine plus one program. You run nine races, nine officially sanctioned races that are counted as marathon qualifiers. I've got two so far. Um, and I've got an additional five signed up, including the Airbnb half marathon in Brooklyn. Um, and then I've got to do a few more. But the idea was to get as many done before the summer and fall because tr- that's when most people like to travel, right? So if I can right. get a ton done like winter, early spring… I go into the year in a much better position instead of having to be like, oh, God, I got to, like, figure out when to get another run in. Uh, and a coworker and I just signed up to become volunteers at a race. Um, there's an LGBT 5 mile run, uh, I want to say, in April or or, or rather in June. I'll say June 24th, um, where we, we show up at 630. And we sort of don these hats and we tell people where the sign-up booth is, where the uh, porta potties are, where the race start is. And then we're sort of there from 6.30 to 11. But that's the plus one part. So the nine races and the plus one volunteering session. I see. So if I can do that, then I can be in a position to get a ticket to run in the 2018 New York City Marathon Uh, should I choose to do so. And I'm deciding, you know what, it's probably a better idea to turn down the race instead of wanting to do the race and not being able to do the race does that make sense
0: yeah let me uh, um what the the hell was i just about to ask um shoot i I totally just forgot what i was about to ask it was literally it was literally on the tip of my tongue
1: that's fine so there's the airbnb brooklyn half marathon um there's a so you so you know how like there's like this, uh, process, the nine plus one program to get you into the full marathon, the New York City marathon. Yeah. There's another program that lets you, that guarantees you entry into the New York City half marathon. And that's called the, uh, the five borough run. And you've got to run four either, I think it's like 10 milers or, uh, half marathon races. There's five or, or there's rather six in the, the race year. There's two in Manhattan. There is the Brooklyn Half that that I'm running. There is a Bronx 10-miler and a Staten Island uh half marathon. If you wow. run if you run four of those, four out of the six, you're guaranteed entry into like the coveted New York City Half Marathon which is next like uh I guess in less than a month, like 20 days.
0: Wow. Yeah. I didn't I so I do remember what I was going to say. I didn't realize that it was such a difficult process to to qualify to actually run.
1: So it's not i mean i think so i think the reason why they do like, it is um, like
0: you just can't just sign up for it. like you don't you, you can't just like pay 100 bucks and yeah. just sign up. Yeah. They you either have to do all these races and volunteer or like you said the fundraising. Yeah. That's interesting. There and is even, a lottery system. Even, there is a, yeah. there's well, a small amount of tickets the lottery too, that, are, but, that are for the lottery. Yeah. yeah. But i guess like I feel like if you're going to get in through the lottery, you're probably doing a lot of these runs anyway. Mhm. Well, you should be. Like you don't you can't just go run a marathon cold unless you are, you know, I don't know. Let's I don't have a, a person, freak. but yeah, unless you're just a freak. That's 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 yeah. good enough. I don't a need a physical name. specimen. Yeah, like you don't just go and sign up for a marathon without proper training and and like and like testing of your abilities via these races because a lot of the conditions will really be similar. Yeah, but uh, that's interesting.
1: Um, and so I'm looking at my New York Road account right now, and it's only I only have it for the year. Uh, it expires on January 31st of 2018. Uh, my upcoming races, I have the so this weekend, Sunday March 5th is the Washington Heights Salsa Blues and Shamrocks 5K. Dude, I won't lie to you. Half the reason, more than half the reason, why I'm signing up for these races uh, is because they give us dope shirts. Um, they're the New Balance like uh, active shirts, you know, sort of like the uh, I don't know, the, the like sports shirts. What do you what do you call these things? Um, this one's a hundred percent polyester. I know
0: what you're talking. You know, about. you do know It's I mean. the same. It's the same type of material that like uh, I don't know, like the, the Tough Mudder shirts too. Yeah. Yeah. I saw someone wearing that at the gym yesterday. That's what that's what just popped to my mind.
1: Yeah. And because New Balance is a big sponsor this year, or maybe they were last year as well, but last year they gave they were still giving away cotton shirts and like you can't run in a cotton mm-hmm. shirt at no. distance because no. uh, you're gonna get a
0: Get you, all sorts of chafed up.
1: Exactly. So I've been running I also run with like compression gear just to prevent that from happening. But it was just awesome that I'm like I'm getting like all these six shirts. Um now the, uh, hopefully the Airbnb Brooklyn Half, which cost, I think, like $88 to run in. And that was a member discount. So if you, so the idea is you want to spend like the $40 to, it's sort of like the gamers club, right? At, uh, Best Buy. You spend a I little see. bit of money and then they give you like some pretty hefty discounts on all these races. Yeah. Um, which is great because I think otherwise the uh, Brooklyn Half was like $120 to run in. And I get it. A lot of that is just like to make sure that you can block the roads and uh, all the marketing that has to go up and pay people and all this stuff. But I'm hoping it gives me a pretty like dope shirt, too. You know what I mean? Um, a Brooklyn, like a half marathon Airbnb shirt, I hope is really cool. So when I sh- when I signed up for my first race, they said, you know, like, because it's your first race, why don't you put in your projected uh, mile time? And I said, you know what? Let's do a conservative 10-minute mile. Super conservative 10 minutes. And then that way, they, what they do is they, on race day, they don't have everyone start at the same time. Right. So the, which, what happens is you're separated into things called corrals. Um, so depending on your pace, you get put into a particular corral. Now, I'm going to bring up uh, a picture that my friend sent me this morning. Uh, about sort of like the times that you need, uh, in order to, to qualify for a particular corral. So when I put 10 minutes, uh, that was in corral J. Uh, and that is anywhere between your first run of 9.50 to your last time of 10.14. So because I put 10 minutes, you're in corral J. And then I ran my first race, right? And then it threw me the next time. I tried to keep it at 10 minutes, but they already sort of blocked it out. They go, no, you run a race. We have your time. You're not in Corral J anymore. <laughs> You're in Corral I. And I was 920 to 949. Wow. I was like, okay, fine. You know, if that's what you say it was, that's what you say it was. I ran the four-miler this past weekend, and then I went to go uh, pick up my bib. Uh, first of all, I'm looking at my bib right now. It says 6767, which I think is always a really cool number, um, the same number over. Um Although 76, 76. Um, sorry. Um, and now I'm in Corral G. Uh, G yeah, because you
0: had that eight-minute sum. Yeah, G is between
1: 835 and 857. So that is a pretty dope area to be in. Now, I was ta- talking to my friends, and he, he goes, you know, if you train at the pace you're going, I can conceivably see you cutting another minute off that pace, and you'd be at the 735, five, seven fifty. Four pace, which would be corral D. Now he is in, uh, I think he's in corral B right now. He, and corral B is six thirty to seven o four, and he's trying to crack corral A, which is five o five to six thirty. So wow. A is like, like you know, top top, right? Jeez, yeah. There's also the highly coveted double A, which is there is no fast time. But the oh, slowest really? men's time for double A AA is five oh four mile, and for women it's six nineteen.
0: I didn't know that. That's a thing. That's wow. a thing. Yeah, that's like it, that's not happening in marathons, though, right? So like that, that is happening in
1: marathons. The last person to <laughs> run a marathon. Uh, let's let's take a look real quick. Um, uh,
0: yeah, because I watched the marathon during the Olympics. I can't remember what their mile times were, but jeez. Yeah.
1: So the twenty sixteen marathon results. The first guy. Uh, who came in, uh, is this? Yeah, this is men's Um, is two hours and seven minutes and 51 seconds. So, let's find out what the pace is on that. Oh, where, where am I going? I'm, I'm clicking everywhere. Um, mile splits. Is that what I'm looking for? Um, no. Uh,
0: Sound like Bill Burr right now navigating yeah, right. through your computer.
1: Uh G Oh Jesus. Uh twenty sixteen and oh, Jesus. I'm sorry, guys. Um, so okay, wait, why, why why did why did he just bump down now? Alright, you know what? There's this guy named Abdi Abdirahim, I'm gonna search for him because that that this will prove my point enough. Yeah, yeah. So he Yeah. Okay, buddy. His average pace for the guy who came in third. Two minutes, two hours, eleven minutes. Guess, take a, take a gander, or not rather, take a, take a, take a, take take an educated guess at what you think his average pace was.
0: I'm trying to do the math in my head. said so two hours. Oh God! Don't do hours. the math. Just give me a all number. Right. All right, I don't know. To, to, to be in a double A, I'm going to go ahead and just guess four forty-five.
1: Close, five oh one. Ah, jeez. For twenty-six miles. Twenty-six yeah, miles. Yeah, I can't, this I don't know how it's possible. Ran so. All right, ready. From, from at the three-mile mark, the first time they they bring it, he ran a four fifty-seven mile pace, and then at the five-k mark, it was a four fifty-six. Um, you go ahead to the 12 mile mark, 451 pace, at the 16 mile mark, 508. And then you're like, oh man, he really slowed down at 20 miles. He's at a 517. And then he said, you know what, I'm going I'm to finish strong, That's not 507. Five minutes. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, that see that's that's the thing that I don't, I I find so absolutely insane about distance runners because I'm looking at the I'm looking I'm currently looking at the world record for the 1600 or the 1 mile. Uh-huh. And the world record is 3 minutes and 43 seconds for men. So that's he he's only running a minute and 15 seconds slower but he's doing that for 26 straight miles. Yeah. That that 3 minutes and 43 seconds is basically a sprint. I and I can't imagine sp- basically it's not a complete it's not like a dead on like Usain Bolt sprint but it is pretty it's pretty damn close and I can't imagine doing that for 1600 yeah. meters. the
1: guy who like, came in first from a, uh, Eritrea right next I wonder to if, if you it's you the feel. same
0: dude who won the Yeah I think I, I wonder if it's the same guy who won the Olympics. Uh
1: first name is Girmay, G H I R M A Y his minutes per mile was 453.
0: Jeez.
1: And his bib number was 2 <laughs> <laughs> His bib number was two, and and, uh, and and I bring this up because on like m- on like major run days, um, these guys like these quote unquote professional runners, uh, they don't have corrals They run first. They run before the double a's. There are people out there who are like, if you're this guy, you just have a big two on your chest, or like you have like a like fifteen or one oh nine. Uh, and then they let you guys go first before Double A goes. How nuts is that? Like, yeah, you might be Double A, and you know yeah. what, dude, you might be uh, what at Double A men. You might be averaging a five or four. That's good, but you know what, this guy does a four forty-five, so this man needs to go first.
0: That's, that's ins- it's just insane. Dude, I like, There's when- no reason. Yeah. There's no reason for it to even be separated like that, right?
1: Exactly. I mean I I can understand like if you're like a like a professional marathon runner and like you're like a super marathon runner, like, alright, this is serious for you. This is your like this is your masters, right? Or this is your like New York open. So we gotta give you we gotta give you room to breathe. I get it. Um but man man. Um yeah, so my goal for the Airbnb Brooklyn half is to finish A, finish. B, B, not stop running the entire time. Even if I gotta slow down a little bit, I wanna make sure that I, A, I don't, I don't, uh, freak myself out in the beginning, you know? Um, get, let the excitement get too overwhelming, run too fast, uh, burn out early. I wanna, I wanna keep a nice, consistent pace. I'll have to figure out where you guys are standing, give you an old, how you doing nod. And then uh, we'll keep doing that until we get to the uh, Coney Island Boardwalk, which kind of sucks because we got to figure out how to get back. Because <laughs> that's really far away from everything. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. Yeah. Um,
1: but if you're coming up, then you can always grab a ride with my folks. I think my folks are coming and They'll just drive.
0: And yeah, if we can when figure is out, that? I don't know. When is that again? Um, it it's May something, right?
1: May, son- Saturday, May 20th.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I want to come up for that. So, um, we'll see. And, and, and if, if I'm, if I am graduating in May, that's, that's the following weekend. And presumably I would be done by this point. Well, let's hope so. And if not, if, if I'm not done, uh-uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll have time to make a, make a trip up for one weekend. All um, right, cool. Do you, w- would you have thought a year ago that you would be doing these races? No. Like this?
1: No, I wouldn't think I'd be doing these races, and I w- and even more so, I wouldn't think, uh, uh, I wouldn't think I would be running with the same f- uh, fervor, the same excitement to s- want to sign up for races. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's the big thing for me. Like, oh man, I'm excited to run. That, that's not something I ever thought I would say. Because, you know, my my the first mile I ever ran was sort of training in gym class, I think in like high school, ninth grade. Was that the first time I ran a mile? Um,
0: it could have been a little bit earlier, but yeah, let's just go for that.
1: Yeah, my first mile time, I, I, I ran uh, barely uh, around one loop, which is a quarter of a mile. Because the, the old tracks were quarter mile tracks, right?
0: Right, yeah, um, four times.
1: And it, it, it took me 15 minutes. Um, For one mile? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just couldn't, I just couldn't run. Uh, didn't have an image, just a lot of walking. And in order to make the tennis team in high school, I had to run, I think, like a nine minute mile. And I remember training like an entire month because I knew I could play tennis. I knew it was better than a lot of people on the tennis team. Um, I just couldn't run the mile that was necessary to get on the team. So I figured, okay, if this is it, I trust in my skills to make it skill-wise, but I can't let it, like, be cut off because I couldn't run. And I think I busted my butt and I ran like a, oh, you know, I think it was a 10-minute mile or something that I had. To, it was either 9 or 10, and I barely made it with, like, 15 seconds left. I see. And I just never really thought about running. And then every once in a while, somebody's like, "Hey, let's go for a run. I was like, I hate this. I'll do it anyways. Uh, <laughs> but now, running has become much more of a, uh, a men- sort of a meditative thing that I do. Yeah. I put on some music. Uh, I feel some emotion. And I just run. And I just sort of... It's, it's when I can... It's when I, I start out my runs thinking about a lot of stuff in my life. And then at a certain point, I'm just more worried about my breathing and my form and how I'm doing and making sure that I'm not dying, um, that I just start to focus on like the immediate here and now. And that's sort of like meditation, right? Just like being present and running, I think is one of the only times where i remember feeling totally present.
0: Interesting. That's cool.
1: Yeah. I, uh, listen, I think it's time for us to get out of here. So you have some time yeah. to get done some work.
0: Yeah. Alright, well, it's been fun. I'm Reza.
1: I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.